you, you censorious bug. Ezra Levant here. I'm standing outside the Royal Courts of Justice in the heart of central London. You may have seen me in front of that building many times before. I used to come and visit when Tommy Robinson was on trial, and I was reporting on his contempt of court case often held in that building behind me. Well, I'm here today for a completely different reason. I've come for the March Against Anti-Semitism, which is a grave problem in the United Kingdom. As you might have seen from my visit to London a few weeks ago and our reporter Alexa Lavoie's visit more recently, hundreds of thousands of pro-Hamas hate marchers have taken to the streets with shocking calls to arms. And just yesterday, a terrorist group called Hizbut Tahrir, which is banned in many countries, but apparently not in the United Kingdom, they had outrageous rallies in the street calling for Muslim armies of jihad. So today is the attempt by the anti-Hamas, the pro-Jewish and pro-Western forces, to have a peaceful protest. If you look around, there's an enormous number of police in yellow jackets. Uh, they've closed off central London to vehicle traffic. I had to walk here. Um, they obviously do not want a terrorist attack or even a uh, non-violent altercation with the pro-Hamas forces, of which there are hundreds of thousands. We've seen that. Uh, I came here a little bit early because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything, and I was going into the Soho coffee shop just to get a morning java, and who do I encounter in there but Tommy Robinson. Oh, let's get off the street a bit. Tommy Robinson, who I mentioned before I would attend this very court to hear his cases, he was a rebel alumnus a few years ago. He did some reporting for us. Now he does reporting in his own right, and he's uh, come here in that capacity, he tells me. He's here to report as a friend of the Jews and as a critic of radical Islam. And I can testify from personal knowledge that he is both of those things. Um, I went inside to have a chat with him, and here's what he told me. Tommy, I'm bumping into you. I, I should have known you'd be here. I, I came in for the March Against Anti-Semitism, and I came in here just to warm up, and here you are. I uh, Tell me what you're doing and why you're here. I've come down to give a report um, to do journalism. Uh, the Met Police have just come in here, 10 minutes ago, eight of them. They've said that my presence can cause alarm and distress and I have to vacate London. And if I don't vacate London, they named the senior officer, I'll be put under arrest. Um, I pointed out to them that what co what's causing alarm and distress at the minute is people calling for jihad on the streets of our, ca our capital. The same organisation that stood and demanded jihad, his butt to here, who abandoned most Arab nations, they'd done that three, three weeks ago. They were allowed permission again yesterday by Sadiq Khan to again stand on the streets and call for Muslim armies. Yeah? This is causing us alarm distress. It's certainly causing the Jewish community alarm distress, but no one, none of them get arrested. There's no clampdown. What they've done today is, I believe in freedom of the press. I'm a journalist. If we start allowing the state to decide or the police to decide who can and can't report, we're in dangerous times. So I'm here to report. When I leave here, I'm gonna attempt to report, but I believe I'll end up probably in the cells and probably in jail. You know, I was just out there briefly I don't think you're causing alarm or distress. I don't even think anyone knows you're here. I don't think people here are worried about Tommy Robinson or, frankly, football ads or anything like that. I think they're worried about hundreds of thousands of jihadists and jihadist supporters. Yeah. Screaming from the river to the sea. Screaming, hit the slogan, screaming. And, again, we've, we haven't seen any strong leadership from the police. Nothing. The only time they've been strong, if you see the footage, was five minutes going in. But all of them, he's basically shouting at me, no, you will not. You will you you will do as we say. And I said, I've got a breakfast. You're not having your breakfast. I said, well, I'm having my breakfast. It's totally intimidating. And look, let me read you. The police put out a statement yesterday. And their statement says, which is 
just been totally contradicted. The right of the press to freely report on protests is no less important than the right to protest itself. They should be able to do so without facing intimidation and aggression. I just pointed it out to him, You've, you're the one who's come and intimidated me. You're, I'm facing your aggression. I'm here to make a report. I'm here at work. I haven't turned up with lots of men. I've turned up with my cameraman to get my breakfast and do my report. All right, well, listen, I'm going to be standing by. I mean, we're here a little bit early, and we'll, we won't go far, because if you're arrested, that'll just be incredible. That's the two-tiered policing that Suella Braverman talked about. It, well, the, the point being, you've actually got radical jihadist groups, yeah, who are being given permission to continually promote this hatred. The police aren't clamping down on them. They're not arresting their leaders for calling for jihad. In fact, the Met Police come out and made excuses for their calls for jihad. Oh, jihad has lots of different meanings. Not when they're calling for armies, it's not. Yeah? And screaming Allah Akbar. We know what they're saying. Every, anyone with half a brain knows what they're saying. The police continually bend over backwards from... They're continually enforcing in front of... All they're going to do is, in front of the pu public today, is show everyone where they stand again. They don't believe in freedom of press. They don't believe in the right, right my free speech. They want to arrest me. I'm not going to cause any alarm distress here. I'm just going to calmly talk to people, ask them why they're here, see what they think of the police. Do you know one fact, yeah, just because people keep going on... Hitler's book, Mein Kampf, is 7% Jew hatred. The Quran is 9%, okay? So if people want to understand what's going on, the Hadith is 12%. If people, the Surah is 11%. If people wish to understand what's going on, take Israel out of the equation, this hatred is there. If you want to understand why hundreds of thousands of people march on the streets screaming these slogans, it's because from the age of four they've been indoctrinated into this mindset in this book. Yeah? That's why. And unless you have an open discussion and certainly the leaders of demonstrations like this are brave enough to talk about this. Yeah? This war can stop, right? It, the hatred ain't going to stop. It's here. And it's not only been since 1948. It's 1,400 years old. I've got, I've, I've got verse after verse after verse after verse in the Quran which talks about Jew hatred, talks about them being monkeys and swines. It's there. And it's written in a book. And unless you challenge it, as I said, Mein Kampf is, is, is a banned book. The Quran is a celebrated book. It's celebrated by politicians. It's actually funded by our taxpayers' money to promote and push this ideology. And anyone who speaks out against it or tries to make people aware of or the danger of where we're at. For the last four weeks, people have seen the danger now. They get it, yeah? But we've been warned about it for 15 years. And we've been isolated, beaten down, and what you're about to see now with the police is their tactic. Silence all opposition. If they have to arrest them and end freedom of the press, they don't care. If they have to lock people up, they don't care. They'll continue to appease the Islamic jihadist mindset and, and tackle anyone who speaks out against them. Let me ask you one more quick question, then I'll let you get back to finishing your breakfast. Um, I look around the world. In Argentina, a new president named Javier Millet is elected, and he has actually waved an Israeli flag and denounced Hamas. In um, the Netherlands, Geert Wilders came in first in the parliamentary elections, and he has a very... Uh, hard line, yeah. What do you make of uh, this global counterbalance? The countries that haven't, if you look at what Belgium's done, which has totally appeased Hamas, is because they're terrified of the radical jihadist population they've got in their country. Yeah? And, and the people have spoken in Holland, the people continue to speak in a populist way. I know Gert Wilders, I, I learned from Gert Wilders from the very start of my activism. I learned from his bravery, his courage, and his statements. And he was very early on, if Israel falls, Europe falls. If you haven't seen how emboldened they've become by murdering 1,500 Jews and raping and torturing them, if you haven't seen how emboldened they've come from that, how emboldened do you think they'll come if they wipe Israel off the face of the planet? Do you think they're going to stop? This, this battle's been coming for Europe for 1,400 years. The attack on... They, they're saying Saturday first, then come Sunday. 
They're going to do the Jews and they're going to do the Christians. They're openly saying it. It's not me saying it. They're stating it in mosques across this country. You keep seeing the, the recordings. That's the mosques that are speaking English. 90% of the imams don't speak English. We don't know what they're saying. But every time you keep seeing the videos released over the last four weeks, it's something we've been warning against. It's the, re the only real hate speech. They keep arresting people for, under these hate speech legislations. It's been very apparent to the public that these hate speech legislations are brought in to silence people, not to actually stop hate speech. Because if they wanted to stop hate speech, it'd be locking up these imams who are standing calling for jihad, locking up these imams who, who are using derogatory terms for Jews and Christians. But they're not. So, and as we'll see in a minute, the only time the police get brave have you seen them draw their batons? Have you seen them on any of these jihadists? Yeah. They actually walk the other way. They're literally letting them take over our capital city every Saturday. Not just our capital city, across the country. So jail hate preachers. They're not going to jail any hate preachers. They're going to jail journalists that turn up to talk about it. So we're waiting outside now. Um, Tommy says he's going to be arrested momentarily by the police who want him outside the city. It's, it is an amazing paradox or irony or... Uh, or a cruel joke that Sadiq Khan's police that will abide any uh, jihadist calls on the street by true anti-Semites will have threatened the one pro-Israel activist journalist with arrest if he doesn't get out of town. We'll stick around a bit and see how that goes. Uh, my main purpose here was to talk to the pro-Israel marchers to get a read on the pulse of the UK. Is it safe for Jews in 2023 in this country? And does the Jewish community, which is typically supported open borders immigration and progressive woke ideals, both of which have metastasized into this Frankenstein monster of anti-Semitism, does the Jewish community have any regret for calling for open borders and woke progressive schooling, which is now devouring them? This is a question I hope to put to marchers today. But for now, we're watching the arrest of uh, the least dangerous man in London, Tommy Robinson. Let's see if they go ahead with that, or if that was them just puffing out their chest trying to scare him out of town. Tommy, they say they're going to arrest you. They say they're going to arrest me, yeah. Uh, when you see these abuse of powers by the police, who, who Soella Braveman lost her job, they couldn't stop them marching on Armitage Day, they can't stop them calling for jihad, his but to here are prescribed in most nations, yeah? every Arab nation they're a prescribed terrorist organisation, they're standing on the streets yesterday in this capital city calling for Muslim armies against Jews, yeah? yet they're going to arrest me. I'm just here to do a report, to do my job, that's it. How are you darling? I'm good, how are you? You alright? How are you? Yeah, well. Do you mind if I ask you a question? Have you got any alarm and distress in me being here? No. The police have said that my presence here is going to cause people alarm and distress. No. I've not found anyone yet. I've found no one. Here they come. Here they come. They're going to come. They're going to bother you. Yeah, they're coming up now. No, no, Rich. Just leave it. So, I'm just here to do my job as a journalist. When we start allowing the state to decide who can report and who can't report, we've got a problem. Yeah, that's fascism. When they want to control who who is media and who isn't. I've not found one person yet. Have you? I'm here to do my job as a journalist. You, who do you work for? Who do you work for? Who do you work for? Sky News. Your reporting on this conflict has been an absolute disgrace. Kay Burley's a disgrace. You have taken the side of Hamas. You have pushed propaganda from Hamas. The figures you use are from Hamas. Don't tell me I'm a disgrace. Don't ask me. Excuse me, officer. What's going on? No. What's going on? What's the matter? What, what, what are you doing? Just leave him. Leave him. Leave him. Leave him. I'm just here to do my job, lads. Where are you talking?
Do we have freedom of the press or not? Who am I causing alarm and distress to? 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 Who am I causing alarm the location is Strand in London. Can I ask for your name? Can I take your name? You're causing me in alarm distress. You're causing all these people here alarm distress. Now refusing to give I'm me a journalist name. and I'm here to do my work. So if you I'm refuse, here to do my job. If you refuse to give me your name and address, the reality is, is you'll end up being dispersed and get arrested. So are you telling me? Stop, stop, stop. Are you going to... Are you going to give me your address? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? So I'm going to ask you one more why time. Why don't you treat jihadists like this? Why don't you treat jihadists like this? Why don't you treat Hamas like this? You can dress up as a mass terrorist in our camera. I haven't declined to give you my name. You know my name. I'm not going to give you my address on camera, am I? No, I haven't. My name's Stephen Lennon. Let me write that down, Stephen. I'm not writing my address down. Don't be silly. In front of all these cameras, you want me to give my address? What is your problem? I'm here as a journalist. What's your problem? problem? So why are you giving me a dispatch? Why don't so you give? Steven, why don't you give the terrorists? The you know the men who climb up on memorials. Why don't you do your job on them? Why do you pat them on the back? Steven, why don't you stop? You're still not giving me your name. Why are you pulling me down there? What for? Stephen, is it a V or a P? I'm talking to this officer. Why am I being disposed? Stephen, why am I being disposed? Why am I being disposed? Why am I being dispersed? I'm going to get to that part in a minute. Sarge! Yeah? Look at this, look at, look at this. Have you seen any of this Stephen? for Hamas? Date of birth? 27th 11th, 1982. Oh, I don't see anyone has a problem with me here. No one has a problem with me here. As Jews, we don't support the police in this. Go and arrest Mr. Sawala. As Jews, they don't Go and arrest Mr. Sawala instead. Are you trying to endanger my family? Don't be so stupid then. We don't support the police in this. You're creating a problem. So, and the grounds of this is your presence is likely to My cause presence. harassment, alarm and distress to attendees at the march. Okay, so, 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 okay, I'm going to now get to yeah, This was a Metropolitan Police Force yesterday. The right of the press to freely report on protest is no less important than the right to the protest itself. They should be able to do so without facing intimidation and aggression, officer. Yeah? Officers spoke with a journalist and her team following the incident. I'm a member of the press. I'm at work. Yeah? I'm not is anyone here caused alarm and distress by my presence here? No. Ladies, everyone's Jewish no. here. No. There's no one who's caused alarm and distress. No. no one has come up to you and said anything about me. 
You are working under the orders of Sadiq Khan and Mark Rowley. Mark Rowley is an apologist for Hamas. They're apologists for jihad. So and write, the British public are fed up of your two-tier policing. I write your request, but I understand why. Officer, I'm here to do my job. So, so you're just doing your job. I heard that. I heard that about so 19... I heard that about 1940. I heard, the, I heard the Germans saying I'm only doing my job. I don't put a pro-Hamas slant on it, like you lot. Yeah? I'm just here to do my okay. job. That's my cameraman. I'm at work. Do you think a member of the press should be He's a friend of, of Israel. He's been there. He's anti-jihadist. Why would they arrest him? I have no idea. What I don't understand is why two weeks ago there was three men with Hamas flags waving them out and the police didn't arrest them. So there you go. Do you think Suella Braverman was right about two-tier policing? I think the police need a jolly good shake-up. There's, there's a lot of rotten in the police. Yeah, I am. Well, look, they've just arrested a guy who didn't do anything. Just because he's who he is. He won't even go anywhere without being arrested. I don't know what they're charging him with. Disturbing the peace. It wasn't he that was disturbing the peace. It was the policeman disturbing the peace. Well, I'm here outside the coffee shop where just a few minutes ago, Tommy Robinson left the coffee shop after eating breakfast. He was here doing journalism. He's got his own website and he has done journalism and documentaries for years. As you may remember, years ago, he used to work for Rebel News. Uh, when he stepped outside the coffee shop, a team of police who had been waiting for him for an hour went up to him and tried to issue him some sort of notice for causing a disturbance. He asked what disturbance he had caused. They wouldn't answer. He asked who had complained. They wouldn't answer. They demanded his name. Of course, they knew it in advance. And they wanted him to say, when all the media cameras were rolling, his home address, he refused to, for safety reasons. Look, none of it mattered. They had their plan. They took him, arrested him, and bundled them away. I just spoke to a number of people here who pointed out the two-tiered policing Tommy Robinson, who's a friend of Israel and a friend of the Jews, bundled off because the police say so, whereas hordes of jihadists chanting death to the Jews in Arabic, chanting from the river to the sea, which is a call for genocide, they're allowed the key to the city by Mayor Sadiq Khan and his political police force.
you know, I've been thinking about uh, who was at those pro Hamas marches. It's about 75% people who are uh, Muslim, either British-born Muslims or foreign Muslims who are not yet citizens, and about 20% woke, progressive, left-wing, old-stock Brits, white folks, who were just radical. And I have to think that both of those components, the open borders, immigration, unvetted immigration, and the woke progressives, the Jewish community has historically been for those things, for open borders, immigration, and for progressive left-wing politics. Do you think the Jewish community understands that they created those problems for themselves? I'm create problems for ourselves. That by supporting open borders immigration? Not at all. We're not creating problems for ourselves. We're not creating problems in the country. My family came here in the 1800s for the, because of the Russian pogroms. I'm not saying you did it or I did it, but, but I, I mean, I'm thinking of, let me give you an example, Adam Wagner, who's a Jewish civil rights lawyer in this city, uh, very pro-Israel, by the way, but he's absolutely for open borders immigration. He's absolutely a woke progressive leftist. I'm not blaming him personally, but the ideas of open borders immigration and the ideas of woke politics, that's, that's what led to this problem, don't you think? I think you're confusing many different things. I think there's nothing wrong with understanding the importance of immigration, of, of understanding the importance of, of bringing people and, and helping people who want to come from other countries to, to be part of this wonderful country. Do you, think we should put, do you think we should put the brakes on Muslim immigration? No, absolutely no? not. No, I, I, I absolutely not. The, the problem is not Muslims. The problem is right-wing, nasty, fascist, Muslim fundamentalists. The real problem is anti-Semitism in the is in the Muslim community. Anti-Semitism is not compatible with Western values, and that's the problem. Not the fact that people are coming here, because there are wonderful people who come here as well. So you don't want to you don't want to slow down on immigration that's, from countries. That is an oversimplification of the problem. Okay, well, you give me a better solution. I can't give you a better solution, but that's not a solution. A better solution is not stopping people coming into a country and becoming more right-wing than this country had ever been before. So you're, you're calling jihadists right-wing? Of course they are. Jihadists are right-wing, they're fascists. They're okay. fascists because they don't want any other voices or views to be aired. They're the right way, they're the only way. So what percentage of British Muslims um, do you think share those views? I don't know. Well, I saw hundreds of thousands in the streets. Okay, and that's a problem. And, but you're still for open borders immigration? It's not about that. Well, for, I think it is. I mean, record immigration from countries that have an endemic anti-Semitism problem. I, 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 again, I tell you, this is an oversimplification of the problem. Well, you keep saying that, but you, but, but you haven't proposed a single thing other than restating your own liberal values to people who are about to devour you. They're not going to devour me. Not in They've said it. They've of course they are. Of course they want to, but that's why we need to march against anti-Semitism. We need to... What are the, what's the march going to do? I mean, quite frankly, what's the march going to do other than make you feel better? It's going to make you feel better. That's the same with any march. That's what we're doing here. We're coming together to recognize the fact that we are a free people being able to express our views in a free country and a free democracy. And we have to send that message loud and clear that that is what this country is about. I think you're afraid of being called racist. I'm not afraid of being called racist. I'm certainly not going to be called racist for saying that there are significant problems in the Muslim community with anti-Semitism. That's the real problem. Open borders are causing problems right throughout Europe. The kind of people that are coming into Europe who are culturally distanced, they have 
values that are incompatible with those of Western civilization. And when people like the chap that you were just talking to promotes open borders or supports open borders, these really are self-inflicted wounds that we're imposing upon ourselves. Western uh, Europe and the European peoples have to uh, maintain their values and their identity and their way of life. And we are bringing in too many people into Europe whose views are totally incompatible with our own. And uh, we are causing real problems. Look at Ireland just the other day. There's a classic example. And these levels of immigration are unsustainable. They cannot continue. They weaken uh, social solidarity. They undermine our national identity. And we are bringing in people who hate us and our way of life. And we need to deal with that problem. Okay, I, uh, so who is championing this idea? I see in the Netherlands that uh, Geert Wilders got a lot of votes and he has talked about freezing immigration. But in the United Kingdom, Labour and the Conservatives are both open borders parties. They are. They're, they're globalist parties. We call them the uni party. Uh, and you can't uh, differentiate between them. So I don't know what to do about this situation. And I don't know. The, the British people are absolutely fed up with it. They're sick to death of it. Right? They've made their views known about immigration for decades and decades. And yet the main parties simply ignore the British people, treat them with contempt. Okay, now I don't know these latest figures that have come out, three quarters, uh, 750,000. This has caused a big stir. I don't know whether this is going to have an impact on reducing immigration numbers. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in the political class. But we are not heading for a good place with these unsustainable levels of immigration. I saw some of the pro-Hamas marches in recent weeks in London, and the overwhelming number of people are, are Muslim immigrants or, or some of them are first-generation Brits, but many of them are foreign nationals and, um, and some sort of woke progressives. And I'm wondering if, um, if that's the problem, open borders, immigration of people from countries that are endemically anti-Semitic. Like if you bring over thousands of people or millions of people from countries that everyone sort of hates Jews, it's no surprise that they bring that with them. I, I don't understand why people who call themselves left liberals are supporting Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist group. Why do you think they're doing it? Because they are doing it. Because they're not very well informed. They don't oh, they, understand. Um, well, maybe, but they, they can certainly quote lots of statistics to you. Yes, but I mean, if they were gay, trans, or a woman and went to those countries, let them see all their liberties taken away and see what they think about it. So, so you're worried about anti-Semitism. Your, your kids are in college. They're worried. It's a tough time. They're outnumbered. You agree with me that some of these places are anti-Semitic endemically, but, but you're not against pumping the brakes on unvetted anti-Semitic immigration. Truth will win through in the end. Don't you see that you've created, you're supporting the monster that's destroying you? Truth will win through in the end. No, it won't. Do you think Pakistan or Syria or Afghanistan are suddenly going to become philo-Semitic? Truth will win through in the end. I, I, yeah, I'd love your view. Please do. Um, it's not just a case, you know, the issue isn't just immigration. I know. It's also adopting British values. Excellent, That's yes. not happening. Right. They're not adopting British values. They're not being taught British values. A lot of Brits are unconfident about what our good British values are. I think you're right. So I think that's at the crux of the problem because 
in Britain, we've always debated fiercely. We've had very, you know, you could say extreme views. But I think on the whole, we're pretty polite about it. We agree to differ. We can walk away and say, okay, we agree to differ. Let's live and let live. That's what's not happening. And so that, so I think there's two parts. One is the, the tap is open full speed. And the other is those who are here, we're not trying to integrate them or assimilate them. Something's failing. Do you share your husband's view? That, integration. So integration, do you share your wife's view on integration? Um, I think that um, more education needs to be done. I think we need to make sure that people are properly integrated. Uh, I think we do a, a better job than in some other countries. I mean, France has had huge problems with integrating um, uh, people. And do you, do you not see the same the same issue in France, un, unfettered, unbridled, unlimited, unrestricted, unvetted immigration. You don't, you just don't think that's, you just don't think that's the problem. Well, I think that um, we uh, owe a duty to uh, a lot of these countries because of the colonial past. Really? Do you, because we... You have a personal duty there? So your kids? As, as a country, uh, we benefited hugely from uh, our colonies and we owe a duty. Uh, to say so you're guilty. So you feel guilty. Who are tyrannized in their country. It's not guilt. It's responsibility. All right. Well, I, uh, I appreciate your candor. Well, um, I'm, I'm an optimist. Your children are welcome to immigrate to, to Hungary or someplace safer. I think they're safer here. So there was some opposition to the pro-Palestinian marches in this country. So a little bit of solidarity. Thank you. Thank you. Can I ask you um, what you think is causing this massive uh, ways of, wave of anti-Semitism? Lemmings. And, and what do you mean by that? People are just being told what to do, paid to do it probably as well, being preached to that this is the way to go. It, it's just ignorance as far as I'm concerned. And when you say preached, do you mean literally like in a mosque preach that? Sadly, yes. Um, do you think that this was sort of uh, foreseeable given... Always foreseeable when Israel is being attacked. But how about on the UK side? Really unvetted immigration, huge migration from countries? That could be a big factor as well, sadly. Yeah. I just hope that the country will realize what they've taken in once this is settled down. Are you here? Because I'm a, a Catholic um, from Liverpool. Where I've worked in Manchester all my life with Jewish people in the fashion industry. I'm a Jewish people are my friends, and I'm sick of the dishonesty of the story that goes on. Uh, and I'm 100% behind the Jewish people in Israel. I, uh, I attended the pro-Hamas march a couple of weeks ago. It was enormous. A lot of the people there are newcomers to Britain. They're, some of them are not citizens yet, or some are first generation. Many of them are from Muslim countries where anti-Semitism is endemic to the country. Do you think, do you think immigration is part of the, is fueling the problem here? Probably, probably, yeah. People coming with views that are ingrained, that um, aren't the views that most British people hold. Is there any way to, to solve this problem? Because demographically, the Jewish community is not getting any bigger, but every year the pro-Hamas side grows by hundreds of thousands. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is because I know the numbers yeah, worldwide. Um, and if everybody integrated and believed in the same things, it would be no problem. 
Last, last question for you, and I appreciate your time. Um, there's been accusations of two-tiered policing, as in different standards for different folks. Yesterday, a group called Hizbah Tahrir called for jihad on the streets, and the police didn't touch him. But, I don't know, some football lads get a little, uh, and, and they're arrested quick. What do, you, do you think there's two-tier policing in London? Probably, and I think it's the case of the numbers. It's quite a thing to start pulling people out of crowds of 100, 200,000. So I think the path of least resistance maybe is the policy. I don't think there's anything more sinister than that. Do you think that unvetted, unlimited immigration from countries where anti-Semitism is endemic, do you think that's fueling it? Yeah, almost certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just, it's just we, we're, we're importing um, their sort of ideas into the UK and um, they, they don't want to assimilate with the uh, British way of life. Um, and then once they're here, their children then grow up and they're, they're taught hate of Jews, hate of the West from a very young age. And that's what we've got now. Does this speak to the need to, to change Britain's immigration policy? Be yes. Now, some people are afraid to say that. They're worried they'll be called racist. Well, sometimes you've got to speak the truth and if people want to call you racist. There's nothing you can do about it, but then you have to attend to reality. And there is a very big problem. Iran has been infiltrating the West for 30 years. They've, they've been telling us this. Is there any political movement in the United Kingdom that supports limited immigration? You know, our Home Secretary did. She's gone now. She's gone. So we, we, our, our political parties are in a bit of flux at the moment. They're not very powerful. They're very divided. And they haven't recognized there's a new politics now. It's not no longer the politics of left and right. It's the politics of right and wrong, of good and evil. And they need to embrace that and decide whose side they're on. You can't sit in the middle. I, I saw police arrest someone. I don't know if you saw that. No? Okay. They arrested a guy named Tommy Robinson they, who was here. And um, I was right there when they did it. And Tommy said, you didn't arrest the Hizbut Tahrir folks who were protesting yesterday. You didn't arrest people flying Taliban flags. Do you think there's two-tier policing in London? Uh, I, don't, I personally don't know, but I would say that... Um any far right or far left movement trying to latch on to what's happening to move and uh, spread their own hatred are, are wrong on, on either side. You think he was spreading hatred? No, I can't comment on that, I didn't see, but I think any, anyone who's latching on to these movements to either promote uh, anti-Semitism or Islamophobia are, uh, are wrong. You think Islamophobia is a problem in the UK? Uh, I can't comment, I'm not a, a Muslim myself, uh, I believe so because of the statistics. Um, there's rising hate, I think, across the spectrum. Uh, I'm here particularly for against anti-Semitism because it's a, a disproportional amount in comparison to the Jewish community. So I stand in solidarity with Jews all over the world. I think a lot of people from my school who, I go to Goldsmiths, I think a lot of people from my school who were calling for a jihad, a lot of them are not Muslim. A lot of them are not, there. a lot of them are British. 
a lot of them are British citizens. And it's something that I have seen myself. I am experiencing it right now in my school. We're not allowed to talk. I'm not allowed to put posters about anti-Semitism. It's something that's been happening for the last few weeks. There have been posters about the Palestinian marches right in front of our school. I am for a two-state solution. I am not against Palestinian liberation, but I'm also for Jews not to be hated against or spat on or attacked on the streets, and it's something that I've been seeing in the last few weeks. If you have thousands of immigrants from Afghanistan, Syria, Algeria, many places where anti-Semitism is normal, aren't they going to bring it here? The people I worry the most are not necessarily the people you might refer to. Who are you worried about? About um, people who hijack a struggle not to them. I have a very good Palestinian friend. In that event that I'm talking about last week, I spoke with a few devoted Muslims. They didn't know. They, I'm mostly afraid from other Muslims. It's nothing to do with who they are. I don't know if it's a migration problem. I don't know big, long enough. I see the people who stood against me in front of me. Some were clearly hating. Some. We're going with the singing, don't know what it means, but it does promote the hate onwards. Do you think immigration is part of the solution, limiting immigration? It's, I mean, as I just said, I live here for 23 years. So I, used to, I'm, I used to be a migrant. I'm fully British, but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But I, I'm going to... Quality, but quality. Well, they, that's, I think you're right. I think you're right. Do you think they that... They have record. I mean, the Hamas previous finance minister lives happily in London. But it's not... So that, that's something to look at. Not it's the, not just a criminal record. It's do they have uh, cultural values, separation of mosque and state, equality of men and women, nonviolent solution to problems. Many of them do, but I have Muslim, Egyptian and others, friends that I had beer with. They, do, they don't keep their Islam. I don't keep my Judaism. And that's fair enough. People are people. I have a question for you. Do you think... Open borders immigration is fueling the problem. Do you think people coming here with an inherent anti-Semitism from their home country, do you think that's a problem? Very, very possibly, yes. Yeah. Are people afraid to say that because they don't want to be called racist? Um, there probably is quite a fear to say that, actually, yes. But it looks like those two things, open borders immigration and woke <coughs> college campuses, those two things have come back, come back to bite the Jewish community. Well, that's true. And also, there's been an inherent problem for many years in this country with the Jewish community that they just are too weak and never actually stand up for themselves. They get pushed over too easily and never fight back. And maybe now is the time they've got to realize to make the, um, the voices heard, they have to fight back. Well, I started this march back outside the Royal Courts of Justice on the Strand. That's where Tommy Robinson was arrested just as the march began. Now we're down by the River Thames. It's an enormous crowd. I'm in the middle of it, so I can't accurately count. For that, we'd probably need drone footage or a police estimate. There's surely tens of thousands of people. The police have shut down central London. They're here to protect because, of course, there's tens of thousands of jihadists on the watch list, and that's just, you know, known would-be terrorists. That doesn't even include people who would hate the Jews and execrate them. I've talked to as many people here as I can, and obviously they're concerned, but I, 
I think that there's sort of an incoherence. The signs they hold are cliches, zero tolerance for anti-Semitism, act against hate before it's too late, but act in what way, do what? And the concept of zero tolerance for anti-Semitism, it sounds good, but that's certainly not the way it is in London. There's enormous tolerance for anti-Semitism, including shocking genocidal comments like from the river to the sea, which is a call to, ex a call to exterminate all the Jews from Israel proper. So, I mean, obviously I'm sympathetic to the Jews of the United Kingdom for a number of reasons, but I think that they don't know what to do. And you can't really blame them because the political class doesn't know what to do either. Unlimited immigration from countries that have endemic anti-Semitism, do you think that's feeding the problem? Well, that, that's for the politicians to decide. It's not necessarily for individuals to well, decide. You can have an opinion on the matter. I do, I do have an opinion. I think everybody should try and understand where um, blame lies, the difference between good and evil. And I believe, I, I have to believe, that we're on the side of good. And, and I also believe that eventually there, there could be a takeover of evil. And that's very worrying. When it, when it might happen is something that we're sleepwalking into. Um, and it's very worrying. I just was at one of these marches a few weeks ago. Most of the people there are either new immigrants or they're not citizens yet or they're first generation. And I, I just think it's so palpably uh, not a British way of thinking, but a Islamic jihadist way of thinking. Like, I, I think there are very few anti-Semites in the United Kingdom who are ethnically British. I agree with that entirely. I think that's absolutely true. And I think it's the same in most European countries and most countries um, outside of the Middle East. I well, think that's true. Well, then let's bring it to the logical next step, which be, should, should we turn off the taps of mass immigration from those countries where anti-Semitism is rampant? I mean, isn't that... Isn't the first rule of holes, stop digging? Well, maybe, but I don't think it's uh, necessarily the right thing to do, but you're right. Trying to turn around a tanker is extremely difficult, but you have to try and show the difference between good and evil and hope that most people, most people, will understand that difference. I accept at the moment that's very, very difficult, whether that's social media, whether it's the propaganda war that... Uh, Israel, unfortunately, has never been very good at. Um, whether it's uh, something deeper than that, I don't know. But it's, it's, it's fundamental. And unless the world stands up and realizes that things are changing, then it's possible that hate will overcome good. And that will be the worst possible outcome for humanity. The marchers for about an hour and a half, Trafalgar Square, the Canadian High Commission, and behind me, what they call Whitehall down that way is the Prime Minister's residence, and you can see uh, the Tower of the Parliament building, the Palace of Westminster. So it's really the heart of central London, the same or similar path that the pro-Hamas hate marches have been taking week after week. Like I say, because I'm in the middle of it, I don't yet uh, have the ability to estimate the size of the crowd, but it's surely tens of thousands. A fairly subdued crowd, uh, both Israeli flags and British flags, as well as some other uh, countries. I saw the flag of the Shah of Iran. 
uh, a counter uh, stance to the Islamic Republic of Iran. Uh, lots of signs, many of them were prefabricated, handed out by organizers, but some touching homemade signs as well. As I walked and talked, um, I found that people want that feeling of solidarity and unity because surely they felt alienated and marginalized and threatened over the last six or seven weeks. I can only imagine what it feels like to be a British Jew or a friend of British Jews and see the raw hatred coursing through the cities over the last month. So the feeling of being amongst friends and allies must be relieving. But I, I found very few members of the British Jewish community were able to articulate a way forward. And I understand that because for their entire lives, they've lived under a certain understanding, a certain worldview, that they know how the world worked and that anti-Semitism was a thing, but it was not a dominant thing. And that Jews were certainly at the heart of British society as they are in Canada and the United States and Australia as well. And the idea that uh, we were in some pogrom era where Jews had to be terrified, that was long in the past. I think that's shaken some Jews to the bone. And the problem is, uh, along with that worldview came certain liberal or progressive ideals, like open immigration is the progressive, kind-hearted thing to do. And one gentleman actually said, we have a responsibility because of Britain's colonial past. So even though many people in this march confirmed to me their belief that open borders immigration from countries where anti-Semitism is endemic, they, many people here confirm the obvious that that was a major source of anti-Semitism and almost completely the source of the pro-Hamas activity in this country. Few British Jews were willing to give up their progressive traditional belief in open borders and multiculturalism. And I think that there's an incoherence there. There's a contradiction or a paradox because for British Jews to realize that the policies that they have supported painlessly and perhaps even self-righteously for the last half century are precisely the policies that have unleashed hatred and violence against them today. That's why the Tommy Robinson vignette was so telling. I've known Tommy, as you know, for the better part of a decade. He used to work with Rebel News. He's been an independent journalist for six years, I suppose. And I just bumped into him by coincidence, but really not a coincidence, because of course he was here to cover the same rally I was. He was early as I was, and so he was in the same coffee shop I was. So it was nice to see him again. I hadn't seen him in years. But the fact that the police had this whole operation to extract him and arrest him was stunning, given that not only is he harmless, he is a pro-Israel advocate. I know for a fact that he has visited Israel in a very sympathetic and supportive way. I know that he has been perhaps the number one challenger of jihadist ideology in the UK. And he was there as a journalist, but also as a friend of the Jewish people, for the police to provocatively and preemptively arrest and extract him and frankly cause a scene shows the problem here. Because the establishment, and frankly some Jews, would rather blame the comfortable scapegoat of Tommy Robinson and the far right and the football hooligans. By the way, I, they're not the threat. Frankly, uh, ethnic British are not anti-Semitic with a few 
micro exceptions on the fringes, the British National Party or the National Front or whatever they're called, they, they never had any prospect of uh, electing a mayor or a prime minister. They, they never had the numbers to muster 100,000 marches chanting for the Jews. In fact, the fringe far-right anti-Semites in this country were a delightful problem for the establishment to have because it, there were no real danger, but it kept a frisson of danger in the air so they could pose as problem solvers and the Jewish community could be scared of them, but not really scared. And they could frankly talk about them and maybe even fundraise off them. It's much different when you have 100, 200,000 actual Hamas supporters who actually will use violence against the police. That's a lot harder for the Jewish community to process and digest. My observation is that there's a lot of British Jews who can't process this contradiction. They're seeing that the fruits of their political ideology, open borders, immigration, woke progressive ideology in universities, that these things have come back in the form of anti-Semitism, whether it's Black Lives Matter or in Canada, I don't know more, or other radical movements, even Greta Thunberg, uh, the uh, global warming uh, child prophet. She's in her 20s, but she still looks like a kid. The other day she was denouncing the Zionists and said we have to crush the Zionists. All these darlings of the left are now devouring the Jews. And for many of the people I spoke with here, the idea uh, of realizing that they were wrong about open borders immigration, realizing that they were wrong about critical race theory and cultural Marxism, that's going to be too hard for them to come to terms with, to basically repudiate a lifetime mindset. If you're a liberal Jew, that has worked out well for you in the United Kingdom for 50 years, but it's not working anymore. But it's very hard to admit you're wrong after 50 years of knowing in your bones that you're right. Well, they weren't right. I mean, Shakespeare knew 400 years ago how important it was for the United Kingdom to pull up a drawbridge and not just let anyone hear. Let me quote to you from Richard II. This royal throne of kings, this sceptered isle, this earth of majesty, this seat of Mars, this other Eden, demi-paradise. And, but look at how he describes the geography of the United Kingdom. This fortress built by nature for herself against infection and the hand of war. This happy breed of man, this little world, this precious stone set in a silver sea or as a moat defensive to a house against the envy of less happier lands, this blessed plot, this earth, this realm, this England. What a beautiful, beautiful description of the United Kingdom. I think of that, and it is beautiful, but did you hear what Shakespeare was saying? It's beautiful because it's protected, because it has a moat around it called the English Channel against unhappier people. And for 50 years, the, that moat has had a bridge, and anyone who wanted to come here could. And many of those people have been wonderful. We met immigrants here who are fully engrossed in British culture. But many of people who have crossed that moat have come here not to become British, but to colonize Britain, to destroy Britain, or at the very least not to join Britain in any meaningful way. And they have come to destroy the Jews, the Jews first, but they'll destroy the rest of the UK next, I promise you that. For Rebel News from the heart of London, this is Ezra Levant, and you can follow all of our coverage on the Battle of London at thebattleforlondon.com.